0: Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, if you would remain standing, grab your Bible if you would, and we'll read this passage together. Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 3 is what we're going to cover tonight. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Brother uh, Chuck McCornack Sr. asked me before the service, he said, I just need to ask you a question, brother. If the... uh, if the Raiders were playing tonight, would we really be here? And I said yes. And now now the good part is I probably will never be actually tested on whether that's an accurate statement or not. I kind of doubt that the Raiders are ever gonna make the Super Bowl, but uh maybe one day, maybe one day. And if they do, we'll still have church. I told them though, if they were if they were playing, I guarantee the sermon might be a little shorter that night though. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for uh, making uh, the Lord's house a priority uh, in spite of what's going on with that. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen... We're not made of things which do appear. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the service thus far, for the wonderful songs that we were able to sing together. Uh, Thank you for the children and their verses that they quoted. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for uh, just your handiwork in creation and even that little flower uh, points to its maker. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for that. And and thank you now for your word, and I pray that you'd use your word in our lives to help us to live by faith better than we have before. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. So, as I started the the message this morning, I I mentioned our theme for 2021, and you're probably kind of getting tired of hearing about it, but. Uh, I do want to just keep that before us as we go through this year to keep our eyes on the Lord. But our theme for 2021 is looking unto Jesus, and it's taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And if you would, uh, I have to flip over uh, to get there in my Bible, but uh, let's read this passage together. Uh, in, in verse number 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, it says this Wherefore, seeing we also. Are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight, the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied. And faint in your minds. And as I uh, brought forth this theme uh, way back on January 10th, uh, we talked about the different aspects of the fact that we're in a race. I Remember, we had uh, Jacob Barant uh, run around and we uh, put a bunch of weights in his backpack. Remember that. And then we had uh, Brother Blake act as sin, who uh, easily beset him and uh, got in his way and hindered him from running. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the first parts of that message, though, was uh, the beginning of verse number one, where it talked about the encouragement, the fact that there are people, uh, and it's so much so that it looks like a cloud of witnesses that are watching and cheering us on. And, uh, and so it says here, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And what it's referring to, who are these witnesses, It's referring to Hebrews chapter number 11. And so that's why I thought it would be helpful for us to go through Hebrews chapter 11 and learn who uh, those fans are in the grandstands uh, of our lives, watching and encouraging and cheering us on. Uh, Fans can be a real encouragement. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played uh, a sport where uh, there are fans that, you know, maybe family members or friends that have come to watch you play, and uh, just how encouraging and, and what how that kind of just lifts you up, and you want to play harder because there's people there that are watching you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my boys and I uh, had the privilege to attend a Dallas Stars hockey game. They won that night, by the way. They lost today, in case you were wondering, in overtime, so we get at least a point out of it, but... Uh, But when we went to that game, uh, right now they're only allowing 5,000 fans in their arena, and their arena holds, oh, around 17,000 people, and they're allowing 5,000 fans to go. And American Airlines Arena, which is where the Stars play, is one of only five arenas in the NHL allowing fans to attend uh, the games in person. Um... And uh, it really does make a difference for them to have people there cheering them on when they do well. Uh, it, it, it gets, it gets an it's an encouraging thing. I am definitely not a fan of the Seattle Seahawks by any stretch of the imagination, but they were famous for uh, coming up with the, uh, the fans would form what was known as the 12th man, right? And uh, the reason for that is there's 11 players on the field, uh, but when you go to watch a home or if you are a visiting team and uh, you're going to the Seattle Seahawks uh, Stadium, I'm not sure what that's called. What's it called? To what? No, I don't think it's Allegiance. That's uh, the that's the Raiders. They just changed the name of their arena, whatever it was. Uh then they know that they're not just playing 11 players, they're actually playing 12. 11 on the field, and then the 12th man is the fans around them cheering on their team and uh, hindering the other team when it's they're trying to communicate and all of that. So uh, the fans are really important and in any type of sporting event and in life as well. And uh, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, look, you... We have a great cloud of witnesses that is encouraging us, that is cheering us on, and, uh, and so I thought it'd be helpful uh, f- to understand who those fans are and learn more about them. Now, before we get into those specific fans, uh, we're told here in the beginning of back to chapter 11, uh, really chapter 11 goes through the different uh, people in the grandstands of our life and uh, why that... And and the writer Hebrews is is using them as an illustration to encourage us to live by faith as well and to run with patience and endurance um, and keeping our eyes on the Lord. But uh, he's pointing out different people in the grandstands, and we'll go through those as we go through this series. Uh, But tonight we're going to look here at faith because each one of these individuals... Uh, If we go down through here in verse number 4, it says, by faith, Abel. Verse 5 says, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7 says, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse 9, by faith, he, talking about Abraham. Uh, Verse 11, through faith, also Sarah. Um, And then let's keep going here. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham. Uh, Verse 20, by faith, Isaac. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob. 22, by faith, Joseph. Uh, by faith Moses, verse 23, also verse 24, by faith Moses, and uh, by faith uh, Moses, in verse 27, he forsook Egypt, uh, verse 28, through faith, um, he kept the Passover, by faith they passed through the Red Sea, this is the uh, is um, the, the Jews, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down, by faith the harlot Rahab perished, um, and then Verse 33, when he talks about Gideon, Barak, David, Samson, Samuel, uh, who threw faith. Uh, so all these people were living by faith and, and made wonderful uh, acts of faith. Uh, God highlights them to encourage us to live by faith in this life as well. And so uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our message tonight uh, as we look at Faith 101. Uh, before we can really uh, get into the, uh, the advanced part of faith, we need to really just kind of have a basic understanding. And so tonight, that's what tonight is going to be. So don't, if you're expecting some amazing, deep theological stuff, uh, you've come to the wrong place because that's not what we're going to get to tonight. Uh, that, that, that's for another time. But for tonight, we're going to get into just the basics. So number one, uh, we're going to look at the definition of of faith. What is faith? And uh, chapter 11 verse number one gives us a, a working definition and really the only definition we have in all of Scripture. And so when we when we, when we see this, we, our ears should perk up, our eyes should widen and we should say, okay, I need to understand what this means. So verse one says, now faith is, and now here's the definition of faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? Now, let me kind of explain a little bit of what that all means, all right? First of all, faith is, most of all, a confidence in God. Faith is a confidence in God. Now, when he says here, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the word substance, if you have a center column in your Bible that has like you know cross references and maybe some word definitions, if you look there in my Bible it says this: substance equals ground or confidence. So we could say, uh, and 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 substance is is fine to use here. The translators didn't do the didn't do the wrong job here, um, but. Uh, it says now faith is the confidence or the substance of things hoped for. So it's a confidence ultimately in God. It's a belief in God. Now, uh, how many of you have ever uh, maybe you have a favorite sport or f- this has happened to me where I wasn't able to watch a game because I was maybe working or maybe I was uh, at church or I couldn't I couldn't be home to watch the game. But I, but I learned what the score was before I watched the game. and I had, I had it recorded, and I knew what the score was. How many of you have been like that, and you've watched the game anyway? Okay, I figured there was a couple college football fans here that had, had, had done that. Uh, you knew what the score was, and, uh, and so you're like, okay, I, I, I know my team wins, and I want to watch it. If, for me, if I know my team loses, I don't really want to watch the game, because it's like kind of a pointless thing um but if i know that my team won I'll, I'll i'll watch the game you know and kind of fast forward through the plays and and uh you know if i'm watching football and and uh my quarterback goes back and throws an interception and it's a pick six it's like oh great but in the back of my mind i know that it's okay because i know the end i know the final score um and then we're committing all these penalties and it's like arg but hey it's okay because i i know the end of the I know I know the the final score. Um, and faith in God is very much like that because He has given us His word, and He's also given us uh, the end of the story, how it all works. He's given us the final score. Has't he? He's told us who wins in the end. and by the way, if you're a believer, you and I are on the winning side. And uh, as we go through this life, there may be some, you know pick sixes along the way. There may be some penalties, you know, some personal fouls that, you know, a loss of down and 15-yard penalty and, you know, those, uh, you know, pass interference calls that are like, are you kidding me? Uh, those, those type of things will happen in our life, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, we all know what the score will end up being. We're on the winning side. Faith is a confidence uh, in the Lord, and we might not know everything that happens along the way, uh, but we do know how it ends. And so faith is a confidence, it's a substance, um, a ground that you can, you, can, you can bank on and you can have that uh, dependence upon. And you're not confident in someone else, you're confident ultimately in God. And that leads me to this next thought here. Faith is based... On the character of God. So, when your faith is, in, is a confidence in God, uh, God has never failed, has He? Uh, and He never will fail, will He? Uh, the Bible says in Titus chapter number one and verse number two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. So, uh, as He has explained what's going to happen in our life, in, 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 in time and in fu- in the future, Uh, It is something that is going to happen. He cannot lie. It's going to come to pass. Uh, We don't know exactly how it's all going to come to pass, but it's going to. And uh, your faith is based on the character of God. Well, how do we get to uh, learn the character of God? Uh, We find the character of God revealed. uh, the, The aspects of the character of God that he wants us to know are all revealed within his word. Uh, Romans 10, verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so our, as we get into God's word, we learn who God is, we learn his character, and that increases our faith because we know how great and wonderful and powerful our God is. Faith is based on the character of God. In April of 1988, the Evening News reported on a photographer who was a skydiver. He had jumped from a plane along with numerous other skydivers and filmed the group as they fell and opened their parachutes. While in the film shown on the telecast, as the final skydiver opened his chute, the picture went berserk. The announcer reported that the cameraman had actually fallen to his death, having jumped out of the plane without his parachute. It wasn't until he reached for the absent ripcord that he realized he was free-falling without a parachute. Up until that point, the jump probably seemed exciting and fun. But tragically, he had acted with thoughtless haste and deadly foolishness. Nothing could save him, for his faith was in a parachute never buckled on. Faith in anything but an all-sufficient God can be just as tragic spiritually. Only with faith in Jesus Christ... Are we safe from uh, all the things that are um, around us and, and, a, and a future without Christ? So here's the thing. Is, you, you know, is your faith in the Lord? And if so, remember who He, who he is. Uh, remember in verse number 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is that he is God and uh, it is based on the character of God and it is also uh, faith is also a courage for God being willing to take God at his word um, it's uh, we'll get into it in a moment here but uh, being willing to take God at his word for instance in uh, verse number 7 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So Noah, being told of God, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he said there's going to be a flood. Well, they had never experienced anything like that. He said it was going to rain. Up until that point, it had never rained. And uh, God's telling him that these things are going to happen. And, And Noah, by faith, was willing to courageously go out and build this boat for God's glory because God told him what was going to happen. And uh, it, again, it was based on the character of God. It was a confidence in God. And then it took some courage to actually step out and do it. You realize every time you step on an airplane, uh, you express tremendous faith. You, uh, you, uh, you express great faith in the uh, designer of that airplane, the builder of that airplane, and the pilot of that airplane. Uh, my son, Seth, just, uh, well, Friday, right, uh, went up and uh, did a, one of his uh, flights. He had an hour flight that he got to do, and um, he got in that airplane, and he put his faith in the maker of that airplane and uh, the fact that he knew sort of how to fly this plane, and then the instructor would help him in case he didn't. Um, and so there, we, we put faith in all kinds of things, don't we? Um, And it takes courage. Ken Davis, in his book, How to Speak to Youth, um, shared this story. He says, in college, I was asked to prepare a lesson to teach to my speech class. And so as a fellow college student, um, he gets up and gives a speech. We We were to be graded on our creativity and ability to drive home a point in a memorable way. And so the title of my talk was The Law of the Pendulum. He said, I spent 20 minutes carefully teaching the physical principle that governs a swinging pendulum. The law of the pendulum is, a pendulum can never return to a point higher than the point from which it was released. Because of friction and gravity, when the pendulum returns, it will fall short of its original release point. Each time it swings, it makes less and less of an arc until finally it is at its rest. This point of rest is called the state of equilibrium where all forces acting on the pendulum are equal. And so he said, I attached a three foot string to a child's toy top and secured it to the top of the blackboard with the thumbtack. I pulled the top to one side and made a mark on the blackboard where I let it go. And each time I, it swung back, I made a new mark. It took less than a minute for the top to complete its swinging and come to rest. When I finished the demonstration, the markings on the blackboard proved my thesis. I then asked how many people in the room believed the law of the pendulum was true. All my classmates raised their hands. So did the teacher. He started to walk to the front of the room thinking the class was over. In reality, it had just begun. Hanging from the steel ceiling beams in the middle of the room was a large crude but functional pendulum. 250 pounds of metal weights tied to four strands of 500-pound test parachute cord. I I invited the instructor to climb up on a table and sit in a chair with the back of his head against a cement wall. Then I brought the 250 pounds of metal up to his nose. Holding the huge pendulum just a fraction of an inch from his face, I once again explained the law of the pendulum, and he had applauded only moments before. If the law of the pendulum is true, then when I release this mass of metal, it will swing across the room and return just short of a release point. Your nose will be in no danger. After that final restatement of this law, I looked him in the eye and asked, Sir, do you believe this law is true? There was a very long pause. Huge beads of sweat formed on his upper lip, and then weakly he nodded and whispered, Yes? I released the pendulum. It made a swishing sound as it arced across the room. At the far end of its swing, it paused momentarily and started back. He said, I never saw a man move so fast in my entire life. He literally dived from the table. Deftly stepping across around the still swinging pendulum, I asked the class, Does he believe in the law of the pendulum? The students unanimously answered, No. You see, doing believing God and having faith in God means that you're willing to actually take him at his word, and it takes some courage, it takes confidence, and it's based on the character of God, but it also takes some great courage to do what God has called you to do, and to live your life based on God's word. Okay, so that's the definition of, uh, of faith in a nutshell. Uh, there's a lot more we could say about it, but uh, moving on here, we also have the display of faith. And we, we find that really in verse number three here, and then throughout the rest of the chapter. But verse three, he says here, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So it really kind of begins with understanding and believing that God uh, formed all of this out of nothing and that God uh, created all that we know. And he said so that he kind of reiterates that at the end of verse number three where he says, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, Um, that God created everything out of nothing and uh evolutionists think that there was a Big Bang that caused all of this to happen, but then where did that matter come from that caused the Big Bang? Um, there had to be a beginning point, and it, we, we, we know through faith it was, it was the Lord. Uh, we know that through faith He spoke this world into existence by the Word of God, it says here in verse number 3. So uh, we are to display faith. Now, knowing about faith and living it are two different things. God doesn't want us just to know about it; He wants us to live by faith. Uh, the very next book of the Bible, so we have Hebrews. If you go over to James chapter number two, the very next book of the Bible, just maybe a page or two over for you, and let's look in uh, in James chapter two, verse number seventeen. James here is making this point here that faith isn't just something up here that you uh, think, it's something that you do as well. Uh, Verse number 17, he says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. In other words, if faith is not displayed, it's not really faith. It's not really faith. Verse number 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Said, thou believest that there is one God? Well, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So he kind of sarcastically says, oh, great job. (laughs) You believe believe there's one God? Oh, congratulations. Let's give you uh, a ribbon, a gold star. And he says, just so you know, the devils also believe that there's one God, and they actually tremble at that thought. Okay, but verse 20, he says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? In other words, if you have faith, but you do not display it, it's really not real faith. Verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? And we'll spend more time talking about this particular instance as we get into Abraham and his life. In Hebrews chapter eleven, but uh, as as God told him to do something, I mean, it was not an easy thing to do. It took great courage, but again, it was based on who God was and His character. And he he thought maybe God's going to resurrect him. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know how what He's going to do, but I'm going to do this because I love the Lord. And uh, and he was willing to do that and. It wasn't just a mental faith, it was displayed. And then verse 22, uh, James ends his argument really here. Um, well, we can, let, me, let me keep reading here. It says, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? His, because it was displayed, because there was action involved, uh, faith was uh, made perfect. This is not to say that we are saved by works, that is not at all what I'm trying to communicate tonight. Uh, we are saved by faith alone and uh, you know, by grace through faith and not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. I want to make that very clear. But those of us who have been saved, uh, living by faith requires not just up here, but it needs to be displayed through our actions. And uh, verse 23 says, The scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the first. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messenger and had sent them out another Without the spirit, of faith, without works, is dead also. You just talk about faith all day long, but you don't ever do anything by faith. You don't live by faith. Uh, you're a uh, just a shell, um, body without the spirit. It's it's not alive. Um, and uh, faith without works, without being displayed, is dead as well. And so the display of faith. Um, let's let's notice here a couple aspects about the display of faith. First of all. There is an expectation to live by faith, the expectation to live by faith. And we see this uh, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11 uh, and actually go up to chapter 10, verse 38, just a couple of verses before. Here God says this, now the just shall live by faith. There is an expectation that you and I would not just have this mental... Uh, assent to faith, but that we would live by faith and that we would uh, display this faith in our life. Uh, Romans 1.17 is another reference that says the just shall live by faith. So there's an expectation for you and I this evening to live our lives by faith. Then we see here the examples of living by faith. Um, In verse 4, all the way down through the end of the chapter are just Example after example of those who chose to live their lives by faith. And that's what we're going to do during this series is examine each and every one of these uh, examples of those who live by fi- faith to encourage us to live by faith in our lives. To live according to God's word, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense, even when it's not necessarily easy, even when it's extremely unpopular to be willing to live by faith anyway. And we see these people who did that. I think of Noah especially. I mean, uh, as was, he was building that ark, I mean, no doubt people thought he was off his rocker, absolutely loony. And, uh, and yet he was willing to stay faithful with that and God mightily blessed him, of course, because his, he, his wife, and his children were saved because of it. So we see the examples of living by faith. Uh, but number three here as we wrap up this message, the delight of faith. The delight of faith. Um, those who decide to indeed live by faith, there is a delight that uh, is going to uh, be a part of it. Okay. First of all, here's, here's why, what I know about faith. It brings pleasure to God. It brings pleasure to God. In verse number six, and we'll uh, maybe come to this a little bit more as we talk about Enoch here uh, in the the third message of this series. But uh, verse number six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. But with faith, it is possible to please the Lord. And when you and I display faith in our lives, when you and I live by faith, it brings pleasure to the Lord. And do you not want to bring pleasure to God? Do you not want to uh, bless your Father who has blessed you so much? Don't you want to find ways to uh, bring a smile to the Lord in your life? I I do, and, and I hope you do too. And one way to do that is through faith. And by the way, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So if we want to just live by sight and have it all figured out, uh, that, doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't please the Lord. Um, but if we're willing to live by faith and display that, light, that faith in our lives, it brings pleasure to the Lord. Uh, one, of the, one of the best things about Christmas in, in our family, and now that I'm a dad, is watching our children give gifts to each other. Um, they just get so excited about, oh, I want you to open my gift. No, I want you to open my gift first. And they just kind of fight over that, and they're so excited to give the gifts that they have uh, purchased or made uh, to their siblings. And uh, it's, it's neat to see them want to please others. Uh, that, that should be our attitude with, with the Lord. Lord, I want to please you. I, I want to give you something that will bring pleasure to you. Well, one way to do that is by living by faith. So it brings pleasure to to God, so it brings delight and pleasure to the Lord. But it also brings delight and profit to us. It brings profit to us. Look in verse number 2 of Hebrews 11. It says, for by it, talking about living by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Uh, They obtained a good report. Now I'm thankful to not be in school anymore and not get report cards every so often, uh, but those of us who uh, have a boss, maybe, um, who gives an annual review, or uh, or maybe some of you who are in school do get report cards still. Um, I remember when I was working at uh, McDonald's. I've shared this. We had a we had a review, and and uh, when we got that review, we were Told what kind of raise we were gonna get, and I remember everybody was, you know, working super hard right during that time when we knew that that review was coming, and so we all worked super hard and doing all kinds of things. And in those days, you know, minimum wage was not fifteen dollars; um, it was like four something, four twenty-five an hour, I think it was back in back when I was working. Which is, man, that's not very much money. <laughs> that's you work ten hours. That's forty bucks. That's not much. You know, forty two fifty or whatever it is. That's not much. Uh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of hours to get some money. But anyway, uh, we were four twenty five an hour, and I remember working so hard and and uh, you know sweeping hard and mopping hard and cleaning hard when we weren't taking the orders and stuff, just to try to you know impress our impress my boss so that when that review came, you know, it'd be a good report. And, uh, and that review came, and I remember sitting in the break room, and and he sits across the table from me, and he says, "Eric, you know I've been watching you, and and uh, you you've really worked hard, and and uh, so we are going to go ahead and give you a raise." And I'm like, "Oh, what is it going to be? You know, eight dollars more an hour? You know, what, what's this going to be?" He's like, "We're going to give you ten cents more an hour." So now instead of four twenty-five, I'm making four thirty-five. I mean, that's better than losing money, at, but not much better than losing, not much better, and uh, I remember that, uh, but I remember being nervous because I wanted to I wanted to please my boss. Of course, I wanted the raise too, but I wanted to please my boss. And I think that it's kind of a natural thing for most of us, right, to want to please those who are over us. Well, the greatest one over us is the Lord, and one great way to uh, bring pleasure to Him is by... Um, is by living by faith, and, and, and getting this good report is profitable for us. So these guys, uh, as we go through this chapter, ended up getting a report, a report card. And the report card was, they did well. They obtained a good report. Um, for those who don't know, if, uh, if you do have children, and uh, you get their report card, and there's any A's on that report card, you can take those report cards and go to Krispy Kreme, Uh, and you get a free donut for every one of those A's, so there you go, that's a public service announcement. Uh, We have done that many many times in our family, and uh, the last time I took all of my children to go do that, they ended up giving me a free donut because I brought them there, and that I, we were a homeschooling family, and they're like, great, we want a donut too, and I was like, this is awesome. I love you, Krispy Kreme. By the way, there is, this is a timeout on the message, there is a fundraiser going on for the teens for camp through Krispy Kreme. So there's a little announcement for you guys on that. So if uh, young people are going around asking for you to buy Krispy Kreme, uh, help them out and uh, help them get to camp. Okay, there we go. But uh, getting these report cards was uh you know, I, I didn't ever get any Krispy Kreme for my A's. Um, so I'm going to have scars for the rest of my life on it. But, uh, but these, these men uh, and women uh, ended up getting a good report card for the, from the Lord. And uh, they're forever known as living by f- examples of living by faith. Uh, if you go all the way to the end of chapter 11 in verse number 39... It says, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. Um, And it could be that it was referring to those who um, ended up perishing because of their willingness to stand for the Lord and to be, um, uh, willingness to live by faith without, you know, this earthly reward. Um, and the Bible says, and these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. And so it, it is profitable for us. It is a blessing uh, for us to actually live by faith because God is well pleased and he gives us a, a good report in that way. I read about a tightrope walker named Charles Blondin who did incredible aerial feats all over Paris Mr. Blondin would do tightrope acts as at tremendously scary heights. Then he had succeeding acts. He would do it blindfolded. Then he would go across the tightrope, blindfolded, pushing a wheel, wheel, wheelbarrow. An American promoter read about this in the papers and wrote a letter to the tightrope walker saying, Mr. Blondin, I, I don't believe you can do it, but I'm willing to make you an offer. For a very substantial sum of money, besides all of your transportation fees, I would like to challenge you, to do your act over Niagara Falls. Well, Now Mr. Blondin wrote back, Sir, although I've never been to America and seen the falls, I'd love to come. Well, after a lot of promotion and setting the whole thing up, many people came to see the event. Mr. Blondin was to start on the Canadian side and come to the American side. Drums roll and he comes across the rope, which is suspended over the treacherous parts of the falls, and he does it blindfolded. So he makes it across easily. The crowds go wild, and he comes to the promoter and says, Well, Mr. Promoter, now do you believe I can do it? Well, of course I do. I mean, I I just saw you do it. No, no, said Mr. Blondin. Do you really believe that I can do it? Well, of course I did. You just did it. No, 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 said Mr. Blondin. Do you believe I can do it? Yes, I believe you can do it. Good, said Mr. Blondin. Then you get in the wheelbarrow. You see, the word believe, the word faith here means to live by. Are you willing to get in the wheelbarrow as God says to do something? As God's word points out something in your life that you're supposed to be doing or supposed to change, are you willing to get into that wheelbarrow? Are you saying, whoa, let somebody else get in the wheelbarrow? I don't really want to take that step of faith. That's too difficult for me. Uh, We're going to be looking at, in this series, many who got in the wheelbarrow and were willing to uh, go across the way trusting in the character of God. And everyone, without fail, God saw them through. And when we get to the end of Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to say, well, wait a minute, God didn't see them through that. Uh, They did all those things, and look what happened to them. Well, God ultimately does see them through, because eternity is the greatest uh, place of reward and blessing. And so, yes, they did not, or no, they did not uh, make it out of this life with reward. They got into the next life with tremendous reward. And uh, God will see us through as well uh, in that way. Well, we have Faith 101. We have the definition, the display, and the delight of faith. So, tonight, as we go our way, let's decide that we're going to be people who are going to live by faith. Not just know about faith, but to actually live by it, to know what God's word says and to live according to God's word. It's not going to be easy, it's not going to be popular, it's not going to be comfortable at times. But if you want that good report card from the Lord, then you're going to need to live by faith.